What's up, everybody? It's time for another Master Passive Income Show. My name's Dustin Heiner, and I help people quit their jobs by investing in real estate rental properties, getting passive income where we put money in our pocket every single month. And this is what I want for you, and this is what the Master Passive Income Show is all about, showing you how to create passive income through real estate rental properties so that you do not need to work a job ever again. Now, in today's show, we're gonna be looking at a fantastic book, one that I read many years ago and I still read over and over again because it's a great, great book. It is called The Cashflow Quadrant by Robert Kiyosaki of the Rich Dad, Poor Dad brand. And he has written a fantastic book one that really opens our eyes to see that we need to become investors. We need to become business owners. We need to stop becoming employees. Now, I'm not knocking employees. Employees are fantastic. I love all my employees. But we as investors need to be on the right side of the quadrant where we are making money and providing jobs for other people. And as an investor, we make money hand over fist because other people's doing the work and other people are paying us for the value that we bring. We do work one time and we make money over and over and over again. All right, guys, let's get into the show where we talk about the cash flow quadrant, talk about the book and see how we can move into the right side, the business and investor side of the quadrant as fast as possible. All right, let's start the show. Welcome to the Master Passive Income Podcast, where we talk about all aspects of real estate rental properties with a special focus on making enough money so you can quit your job and live the dream life. And now, here is your host, Dustin Heiner. Hey, I got a question for you. Why are you so awesome? I mean, seriously, why are you awesome? I really appreciate you guys. And the reason why I think you're awesome is you're here with me every single week listening to the podcast and you're changing your life with real estate rental properties. You are on the path to changing your life, living the dream life, not needing to have work, not needing to have worry about bills anymore, being able to do whatever you want, go wherever you want, and really just live your life the way you want to live it. And this is what I want to help you do with your investing in real estate. Now, I started when I was 27 years old. Yeah. And about 10 years later, I quit my job and I'm now 40. I just turned 40. So um, I'm 40 years old now. I quit my job when I was 37 years old. It was super awesome walking out the door and never having to look back again. And I will literally never have a job again because I own real estate rental properties. And again, this is what I want for you. You're awesome because you're here with me and you're wanting to change your life. You're saying, I'm gonna get past all these naysayers, all the things that have been telling me, like you have to get a good career, you have to get this good job and work in it forever, you know, like 40 years and then eventually retire. That's not for guys and gals like us. There's not for people like us, investors like us who are smart. Now, today we're gonna be talking about the cash flow quadrant. Before we do, I wanna share something that I read. I read an article online about a man. He thought he was buying a villa, a $177,000 villa in Florida. And so he says, man, I got a screaming deal. I got a $177,000 villa in Florida for only $9,100. And he believes now that he was scammed. Well, if it's too good to be true, in my opinion, it probably is. And in this guy's case, it was absolutely true. So he, he thought he was buying a villa for $9,100. And what he actually bought was a one-foot 
by 100 foot strip of land. And this strip of land, it's basically just separating two condos. So imagine if you have like a duplex and there's on the right side, there is an entry to one and then on the left side, there's an entry into another. And in the show notes, I'll put uh, this image and the link to this article. It's hilarious. Oh, it's actually, I kind of feel bad for the dude, but hey, if you do it right, if you do the business wrong, you're not going to do things, you're going to do it wrong and lose money. But um, so if you want to go to the podcast show notes, go to masterpassiveincome.com forward slash 67. This is the 67th podcast episode, and you're going to see everything that we talk about today and all the everything about what I'm talking about right now. The image that shows you, you basically see two driveways that go up to the garage, two different garages for diff- two different parts. And this guy bought the strip that separates the two different garages. It's basically the same building and it's the strip of land going from the street to the garage. And it's not even like a full strip that passes between two houses. It's just this street to the garage strip of land. So he bought it for $9,100. That's a lot of money. And what can he do? I mean, you can't even put a tent there if you want to stay there. And so basically he did the business wrong. He didn't know how to actually invest. And he just thought, you know what? Hey, it's a good deal. You know, I'm going to buy oceanfront property in Arizona. I think, hey, yeah, I'm pretty sure there's oceanfront property in Arizona. You know, something like this. And so he says he was being deceived. Well, you're stupid. If you think that you can buy a $200,000 villa for $9,000. There's something wrong. Now, I've almost been duped many times by people that, you know, hey, I'm selling this car. Like, there was one time I was actually buying a car on Craigslist and I wanted to buy a car and I was going to go drive out to see the car. And it was like a a $15,000 car. They're trying to sell it for $8,000. It's need to get rid of it. And so I was literally driving on my way to go there. It was like a 30 miles away drive to get there. And I started, you know, back of my mind, things started coming up like, you know, this isn't, this is too good to be true. This is, you know, it could be a scam and you're driving 30 miles and all that sort of stuff. And so I literally called, um, instead of texting, I called and said, Hey, can I come see it? Then I called again and nobody was answering. And so red flags started popping up and I was like, Oh man, this is probably bad. So I pulled over, called again, nobody's answering. And then I text again. Anyways, I started going and asking questions. And I've found that for me, when a yellow flag starts popping up, red flags jump even faster. A friend of mine said, all yellow lights turn to red. And I'm like, yeah, that's actually a good point. Like if you have in your mind as you're investing, as really you're doing anything in life, if you start having these yellow flags start popping up in your mind, like, oh, there's a problem here. There's a problem there. Don't just shove those back down and say, no, it's good. I have to do it. Listen to those, like listen to your gut, listen to what your, your subconscious is telling you. Like, man, it just doesn't feel right. If it doesn't feel right, you possibly could just be going in something that's wrong. As you are investing, number one, you have to get knowledge, get education. And if you want help with that, I would love to help you. I want to give you my free course. Actually, if you go to masterpassiveincome.com forward slash free course, I will give you my free investing course. You'll be able to download that and get started right away and see everything about real estate rental properties, how amazing they are. So go get your free investing course, masterpassiveincome.com forward slash free course. And that is getting the education. So you are going to know what is right and what is wrong in the business before you even get started. You're going to learn from all of my mistakes. And that is what you want. Get education. And so when these yellow flags start popping up, you're going to say, man, my education is pointing me in the opposite direction. Like this is a bad deal. We shouldn't jump on this. And so from there, you get education. Then you don't put these flags down. You just keep 
realizing and keep recognizing one by one, hey, these yellow flags are popping up. Maybe I shouldn't go through the deal. All right, getting into the show, we're gonna be talking about one of my favorite books. Actually, I have, I have many favorite books, but this is one of them. This is one that really got my eyes open. Now, for the first one was Rich Dad, Poor Dad, the entire book of Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Another book is The Richest Man in Babylon. And so I haven't covered those on this show. I probably will at some point, but this was one that really opened my eyes to how to jump to the business and investor, basically not being an employee anymore. And that's what I wanted. There's a reason why I want to do this show is because not everybody understands that there are ways to different ways to make money. And in essentially, there's four different ways to make money. And so the way that works out in the cash flow quadrant, there are four different ways. Number one's the employee. Number two is a sole proprietor. Number three is a business owner. And number four is an investor. Now, I'm going to start off with the main takeaway that I got from this book, reading this many years ago, the main, very, very main takeaway that I got. And the biggest takeaway that I got was that I need to move from the left side of the quadrant, which is the employee and sole proprietor side, to the right side of the quadrant, which is the business owner and investor side, as fast as possible. Like I just need to stop making money for somebody else and only getting paid for that hour that I work for them. The biggest takeaway is I need to move as fast as I can to the business and investor side of the quadrant. So now, again, inside the show notes, you're gonna see the quadrant, you're gonna see everything as, as written out. So this is what I want you to do. In your mind, close your eyes, well, if you're driving right now, don't close your eyes, but in your mind, imagine a plus symbol, you know, up down, left and right lines that are crossing each other. That's a quadrant. Enlarge it just a little bit, make it a little bit bigger. And in the top left-hand corner, inside that plus symbol, there's an E, and that stands for employee. That's the left-hand side. That's where you're actively making money, and you're actively working hard every single day, hour by hour, making money. Now, that's the upper left-hand side. That's the E, the employee side. The bottom left is the S, the self-employed side. You still have to actively work in order to make money. So on the left-hand side is the employees on the top left and self-employed on the bottom left. And then on the right side, you have the passive way to make money. And the top right is the business owner. That's the way that somebody starts a business and then gets investors and gets employees and they, they build a big business. And on the bottom right-hand side is an investor. That is the, the right side of the quadrant has business on top and the bottom right has investors on the bottom right. Now, 95% of the population is in the employee and self-employed side, which is not bad. I'm not knocking being an employee at all. I absolutely, absolutely love employees. I love having people do the work that I don't want to do. You know, they love doing it, or you know, they are going to do it, and I pay them well to do it. So that's an employee. Next one would be self-employed. So self-employed is just like being an employee, but you you own your job as opposed to you have somebody else giving you a job. Now on the right side, that's the passive. Like I said, that's the business owner. Those are the ones that actually employ, you know, one, two, three, four, five people or more. And investors are like us that we invest in rental properties and they are the ones that do the work or the rental property does the work for us. Now, as we're going through the cash flow quadrant, it's really the whole book is about teaching us how to get from one side to the other and understanding really the differences between the two. Now, 
When I first started in the business section of the Cashflow Quadrant, I started a retail business. You know, I was an employee. I was also even a sole proprietor where I had my own graphic and website design company. I even had a skateboard manufacturing company that I did all the work and I sold skateboards. I even did that as well. Uh, I sold newspapers when I was younger. So I was in a sole proprietor, but I realized that I wanted to jump to the B and I side very quickly. So I did two things rather you know, at the same time, one was starting a business. I started a retail establishment. It was basically a convenience store. We sold pizza. It was in a downtown Fresno area. So, and the business was called downtown express. And so that was my first attempt to jump into the B and I side. And even though I've had other businesses, this was one that I had employees. I had other people doing the work. Now for the first couple of years, it was going well. I started the business in 2007 and that was, you know, as the market was like getting to the very top of the pinnacle of uh, everything being good in the market. And then 2008 happened and 2009 happened and my profits went to the tank. And so instead of making money, we were losing money. Praise the Lord. I was able to sell the business um, to a sole proprietor, somebody who was just working in there on his own, which that is what that business needed. It needed a sole proprietor. I had, I was paying employees. So all my money was going to employees. If somebody just worked in there on their own, which is what he did. And I believe that's the right way to go for that business. So the economy crashed. And so there I was gone with my, my business side. But at the same time, I realized, you know what? I want to jump into the B and I, not just the B side, but the B and I side of the quadrant on the right side, becoming a business owner and an investor. So I took all of the money that my wife and I had and we bought our first rental property. And that first rental property, it rented for $550 a month and it cash flowed after all the expenses about $450 a month. It was amazing. I was like, well, I have a business where I have to put so much work and effort into this business. The convenience store and pizzeria, there's so much work that I had to do and I'm losing money, but there's so little that I have to do with my rental properties. Like I literally work 30 minutes a month just like reviewing the statements and I make a ton of money. Let me, let me think, go with one that I have to work a lot and make very little or not work at all and make a lot. Well, it was easy. So after six years, I owned 19 rental properties that made me $9,500 a month in gross rents. I Can you believe that? In six years, I just kept building the business and kept building the business. Even after my convenience store was gone, I kept buying more and more properties. And even though it was the easiest way to make money, and what is great about real estate is that even though the cash flow was $9,500 of gross rents coming in. That was great. But at the same time, rental properties make us money six different ways. It's not just the passive income. It's equity capture. It's forced appreciation. It's market appreciation. It's mortgage buy down where the tenants paid down your mortgage for you paying, basically paying the property and tax advantages. And I have a whole another podcast where I talk all about the six ways. So go back and find those. I don't remember what it is off the top of my head. I just brought it up. But I jumped into this side, the I side as well, and it turns out that this was the easiest and by far the best way. And another great thing is I could actually pass down all of the wealth that I'm creating to my children. I can literally just give it to them. Obviously, government's going to take taxes out and all that sort of stuff, but I have accountants handle all that stuff, so I don't have to worry about it, but I can pass it down to my kids and it continually makes money. Now, I want to share with you how the rich, the rich people of the world make their money. Now, the rich invest in companies that make a profit for their business. And once that business makes enough money, they go to the stock market and sell their shares, basically parts of 
of the company or ownership of the company to anyone. And these shares are sold at a certain price. So here's basically how it works out. First, the day the company is created, there are shares created for the company. And they're basically worth nothing. They're just a piece of paper showing the, the total equity of the company. Imagine if you had a company and you had 100 shares. Well, there are 100 pieces of paper, but they're shares. But since the company's not making any money, nobody's going to pay you any money for that share. Now, next, secondly... Years later, the company is making enough money, it's doing well, it's making the people that own the company rich, and now the shares in those companies have gained in value. And now there's value added to each one of these pieces of paper because the business that it owns, that these pieces of paper own, make money, and that money translates from the business to the piece of paper, the share, then to the owner of that share. That's really how it works out. Next, the rich sell shares of their company, thousands of shares at a time, maybe even millions of shares at a time, to poor people just like us to make money for themselves. They sell portions of their business to other people like us, but they keep the majority of it for themselves. So they just sell little, little bits of it and they pay a lot of money. Now, lastly, what was once worth nothing is now worth, you know, it's basically selling for 40, 50, $60 or more per share. Now, take a look at Facebook. Facebook started, you know, it just as a thought, some guy in his dorm room made it. And then from Facebook, he started the business, continued to build the business and started getting investors on and people started putting money in, making the business bigger and stronger. And here's what happened. They sold their shares starting at $38 a share, which at the time was, was a relatively high opening price for the starting of the selling of the shares for the um, IPO. Now, what happened was Facebook and its investors at selling $38 a share, because they made so many shares, they, they literally made like uh, millions and millions of shares so they can just sell as many as they can. They made $16 billion with that first offering. Just at the first day that they opened out the IPO, they made $16 billion. Now, let me write that out to you or let me spell it out. That's 16 zero, 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 $16 billion. And they didn't even shell, sell the majority of the company. They sold maybe like, I don't know, 10, 15, 20% of the company. And they made that much money. So what it comes down to is the rich create businesses and the poor give them money to have them be fractional or par partial, very tiny owners of that company. Now, don't hear what I'm not saying. I'm I'm not saying that shares in companies are worth nothing, you know, just even though they're just pieces of paper, but actually owning part of the company is what makes us wealthy. And instead of buying shares in a company like Facebook, which isn't bad, why not develop your own business? Why not build your own business so you are making all of that money? And if you ever want to do an IPO, you are the one, like Facebook, making $16 billion in revenue or in offerings from people buying your shares. Why not do that? I would personally much rather do that. Now, not all of us are going to create the next Facebook. I know that I will not. I'm not that creative. But I love investing in real estate rental properties. And the business that I have, it generates money for me and I am the sole owner. If I eventually wanted to sell off some shares, I actually could, but I'm not going to because it just makes me all that money. There is so much great information 
in this book, but there are two things that I'm going to focus on for the rest of this podcast. Number one is the five level of investors, and then number two is going to be the rest of the cash flow quadrant itself. Now, the five levels of investors, now these are not the business owners. Business owners are like we talked about, they create a business, hire employees, raise capital, and then sell it off, you know, in the IPO. That's, or they just keep the business running for themselves and making money. Now, the investor, that's people like us. We are the ones that are the investors. Now, level number one of the five levels of investors is the zero financial intelligence level. Now, these investors, now, I'm sorry, I, I chuckled, but I was absolutely there when I first started. I had no clue what I was doing. I did everything wrong and I lost a lot of money. Now, I don't want you to do that. I want you to learn just like, you know, listen to this podcast. You're going to learn a ton. But from zero financial intelligence level, that basically is where people don't have any investing knowledge. They do not have any information. And the majority of the public is in this position. They live paycheck to paycheck, working a just over broke job, J-O-B, just over broke. They're living paycheck to paycheck. They don't have any understanding on how to be financially intelligent or financially capable to manage their finances and invest. Even though these people may know in principle that they should invest their money. You know, they might be taught, hey, buy a stock and, or buy a mutual fund. They don't know and they don't have any money to invest because they're living paycheck to paycheck. They're also accumulating debt. They're living above their means and really never getting ahead. And they're realizing, hey, this is my lot in life. Well, I'm going to tell you right now, if you are in this position, if you are zero financial intelligence level, you do not need to stay there. That is something that education and knowledge will get you absolutely out of it. You do not need to stay there. So if you are listening to this and you are in this level, number one, get out of there as fast as possible. Keep listening to this podcast, reading books, going, if you want coaching, if you want courses, I have all that stuff for you as well. Go to my website, masterpassiveincome.com. Check it all out there. I want to help you get past this. Now, level number two, savers are losers level. Now, this is his words for each one of these um, in the title. So savers are losers level. Now, these investors believe in saving their money and investing it in a savings account, not necessarily putting it under their bed. You know, let's have the money for a rainy day and not get any interest on it. But these would be people that would actually say, you know, let me put it in a savings account. Now, even though it's a good idea to save money, which I save money, I definitely save money. I then invest that money. But anyways, it's a great idea to save money. It is not a good idea to save as a way of investing. Like save your money, put it into a savings account and make money, a little, 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 little bit of money in order to invest. That's not savings. All the money this investor of this level saves is eaten away by inflation. And if it's left in a regular savings account, they're basically making 0.001% return on a banking account, savings account. I went to Chase Bank. It was probably about three years ago. I went to Chase Bank and I was going to open up a new business banking account. They said, hey, do you want a savings account as well? I said, well, how much do I earn? And they said, oh, let me pull up the sheet and blah, blah. They go through all this stuff. And there's a little dot. It says .001% return. I said, that is ridiculous. That's nothing. And so inflation itself is on average 3% every single year. That means the dollar value, if you had a dollar, it's worth 3% less next year than it is this year because inflation, prices of everything goes up. And so you don't have as much money to spend. So and so just from inflation alone, the investor loses, the savings investor loses 3% of their spending power each and every single year. Now, imagine this. 
If you put $100,000, you worked really, really hard, you saved up $100,000, and you put it into a savings account at Chase Bank that gives you 0.001% return. I laugh because there's another bank account that I would give you. Go to masterpassiveincome.com forward slash bank. Right now, I think it's like 2.5%. No, this is 0.001 at Chase percent. This is 2.50% return on your money. So go to masterpassiveincome forward slash bank. This is where I keep my money. I just want to make sure. I, I want you to get past these levels. And this, I'm giving you tips as we go. So a big tip, go to masterpassiveincome.com forward slash bank, get your money saved there. This is where I save my money. But imagine you had $100,000 in this savings account. Next year, if you didn't do anything with it, just because of inflation, it has $97,000 in spending power the next year. Not that it's, you know, it's decreased from 100,000 to 97,000. It's that that hundred, still that same $100,000 can only buy $97,000 worth of goods as it was the previous year. So you're basically the value, dollar value is getting lower. The actual spending power gets lower and lower. Oh man. Okay. Let's move on. Level number three, the I'm too busy level. Now, again, this is Robert Kiyosaki's titles, the I'm too busy level. Now the investor at this level is too busy to learn how to invest. Many are highly educated, but do not find the need or desire to invest their money. They're like, man, I just keep making money, but I don't want to do it myself. Now at this level, the investor is fine to put all their money in a 401k, an IRA, mutual funds, and things like that. Even many investors who are very, very rich at this level do put their money in things like this because they don't want to take the time, like doctors and lawyers and, and things like that. They're like, my business is being a doctor or a lawyer or whatever, and I don't really want to focus on investing. So they put their money. I'm not saying this is bad. I'm just saying this is the way it is. Now, this is because their job makes them lots of money and they don't spend the time to learn how to invest better or to stop working a job. Now, after the crash of 2008, many people lost half of their wealth. Like the crash in 2008, 2009, they had, let's say they had $100,000 in the stock market. Well, it dropped to maybe 50 or $40,000. Like they literally got cut in half. Imagine how horrible that would be. Now, these stocks and mutual funds, they dropped well over half. Eventually, over time, they come back. But imagine losing all of your wealth. Like that's what in the Great Depression of the 1920s, they lost so much wealth and they had money and then they lost money because of the stock market. So if you put your money in the stock market, the next day it's gone. It can be gone. That's why I love real estate. Real estate's literally still there. People need a place to live. There, if, if people live in that area, somebody's going to rent from you and they're not going to be able to, like the just because the value of the price of the home goes, they're still going to need a place to rent and they're still going to be paying rent. I remember specifically a movie called Cinderella Man. It was about a boxer back in the 1920s with the whole Great Depression and everything. But if you watch part of the movie when it got really, really rough, the thing that was consistent was bills. Your bills keep coming, like the electricity bill or the food bill or your rent. It always comes due. And I want to be the one that provides good housing and a good adequate rent and provides that for the people. I don't want to be the one, oh man, all my stocks, all my money's gone because the stocks are gone now. Okay, moving on. The next level is the professional investor level. This is the do-it-yourself investor. Now, they have the knowledge and skill from years of investing and business experience, and that allows them to make money to live on while in this level. Like, it helps them to make money. They will basically be a self-employed investor, which is not bad. It's actually really good. The mentality would be like a small business mindset. This is where the investor does everything himself in order to save money. I'll give you an example, like not hiring employees, basically saying, I can do it myself, so I'm going to save that money. 
Now, another one would be where she fixes all the problems in her own rental property because she can because she wants to save money or where he buys stocks through a discount broker and not knowing which one to actually buy, just thinking, oh, I saw an article in Forbes or I saw an article over here in New York Times or whatever. Let me just go on and buy the stock. And also they have very little financial education. So it's basically, I'm trying to just jump into it myself. I'm going to do it myself. Now, the problem is you're going to lose money. I would personally rather be at this next level. Level number five is a capitalist level. And I consider myself a capitalist, even though I am not, um, I have a business. I have a good business of a couple good businesses. I'm not a huge, huge company like McDonald's or Walmart or something like that. But I would consider myself a capitalist because what capitalists do now, I, I know I'm going to pause this really quick and say a lot of people, oh, I don't like capitalism. Well, I personally do. And here's the reason why. Number one, obviously it makes me money. That's a really good thing. But here's a big thing. It provides people jobs. People need to make money in order to live, to pay their rent, to pay their food, electricity bill, gas bill, all that sort of stuff. I provide people jobs with all my businesses. People get jobs and it helps the economy and the cycle go. Now, if there was no businesses, nobody can make money, then the economy crashes, it goes to a halt, and everything stops. So I personally love being a capitalist because I help so many people, as well as the people living in my properties. I keep them at decent rates that they're not being jacked up high, high, high rates where they were paying the decent rate of rent that's not too high. It's not, you know, bought dirt, dirt poor bottom where I'm not making any money, but I'm charging them decent rates and I keep the properties good. So it's really a win, win, win where I give people jobs where they are managing my properties, fixing them up and all that sort of stuff. I give them jobs. I make money. So there's one win. I make money. So there's another win. Another third win is I give somebody great housing at an affordable price and that's another win. So win, win, win. And so these people who are in the capital level, they're the richest people in the world. They control major companies, banks, and other institutions. And obviously, even though I consider myself a capitalist, I'm not like the top, top level, but I'm in the level five. The investor at this level is able to use other people's money to invest and grow their wealth. I absolutely love that. I absolutely love using other people's money. And I have a webinar. Actually, I'm gonna pause this really quickly. And I'm giving you so many uh, links. I apologize in the description because it just comes in my brain. In the description, I'm going to put all these links to everything that I'm talking about in here. So click on that link in there. But I'm going to do a webinar coming up this Thursday. And even if you hear this after this is aired and it's already past Thursday, I'm going to be doing it again because it's such a popular webinar on how to use other people's money to invest in real estate. So this is the link I'm going to give you. And it's the link is still going to be active because I'm going to continually be doing this because it's so popular. It's masterpassiveincome.com forward slash OPM webinar. OPM, like other people's money, webinar, masterpassiveincome.com forward slash OPM webinar. So go there and I will continually be doing this. So just sign up for the next time when I do the webinar. It probably might be like once a week or twice a week or something like that. Anyways, moving on. I want you to jump into this position where you're the capitalist level and the way we do, we can easily do it is if we buy one rental property. If we buy one rental property, get a property manager, contractors, realtors, and get one tenant in there, we're already a capitalist. We're already helping society. We're already making sure people have jobs. We're already making sure we're making money. We're also making sure people have good quality places to live. And I want to see you jump into this as quickly as possible. It's super easy. Again, go get my, my free course. I want you to take that. I want you to get started. I just got one of my fa- Actually, there's a Facebook group, the Master Passive Income Community Facebook group. If you go to oh, another link, I'm sorry, masterpassiveincome.com forward slash group. Again, it'll be in the description. But if you go to masterpassiveincome.com forward slash group, 
you can go and be a part of the free Facebook community. And one of uh, one of the people inside there said, hey, because of Dustin, he just put this in there, literally, because of Dustin, I actually started my business. I bought my first property. We're building onto the next one. And he's just listening to the podcast, working with me, getting the course and everything. And so you guys go ahead and do that. Now, how to become a capitalist. This is something that is crucial. This is like, as you sum everything up, and this is what I want for you. I want to help you to become a capitalist. Now, you'll be able to learn how the cash flow quadrant works and how to make money. Now, here's really what it comes down to. There's a saying that a smart man learns from his mistakes, but a wise man learns from others' mistakes. I have made so many mistakes. Every single mistake in the book, I've made it and I've learned from it. Now, I want you to learn from my mistakes. That's why I have the podcast. That's why I have my articles. That's why I have my books, my courses, my coaching. So here's the big thing to take away that I want you to help you to understand. Coaching is crucial. Coaching is absolutely crucial for everything that you're going to be doing when you're investing because if you do it wrong, if you buy, if you think you're buying a, a condo in Florida, when it comes out to be it's actually a strip of land that you're not going to be able to use and you pay 10 grand for it, you're going to be out of luck. You're going to be out that $10,000. Nobody can want to buy that from you. You're going to have to sell it for maybe $5. Now, because you still got to pay taxes. You don't remember. You still got to pay taxes on that land. You own that land. You can't use it. You got to pay taxes on it. It's actually horrible. So coaching is crucial. And everything that I do is I help all of my students actually become investors, jump into this section, this quadrant where they are investors buying that first property. And I want to help you out and go get my free course and then learn as much as you can. If you want, oh my goodness, I'm gonna give you another link, masterpassiveincome.com forward slash coaching. If you want coaching, oh man, I, you know what? I apologize for all these links, but anyways, masterpassiveincome.com forward slash coaching. Again, it'll be in the description. You can click on that button as well. I help so many people change their lives by buying that first property and then buying that next property. Now for me, I used debt, other people's money to buy 19 properties in six years. And then I just kept growing my business over and over and over again. And I just keep putting that money. Now, remember, here's the good, good thing that I want you to know. Good debt puts money into your pocket. Like if you get a loan to buy a rental property that makes you money, that's putting money in your pocket. That's good debt. Bad debt takes money out of your pocket every single month. Like if you buy a Tesla, if you have money to buy a Tesla, that's a lot of money that you could buy lots of properties with, but that takes money out of your pocket. If you get a loan on that car, that's bad debt, you're put, taking money out of your pocket. So we want to use good debt. And again, I have that webinar, masterpassiveincome.com forward slash OPM webinar. Okay, again, I'm really sorry about all these links, but I want you to now implement everything we just talked about, where you're jumping from level to level, going from not knowing anything to becoming a starter, to becoming uh, getting into learning about how to invest, and eventually becoming a capitalist, like actually being in there. Now, lastly, as I talked about earlier, is you want to get to the passive income side, the right side of the cash flow quadrant, not the active side, which is the employee and self-employed. You basically... Employee, you have one boss. Self-employed, you have many bosses. All your customers are your bosses. Passive side, you're a business owner. You hire people, you employ people, and you give good quality things to people that want to buy it from you, as well as you want to be an investor. Now, I want you to jump from the employee, self-employed side to the business and investor side as quick as possible, and I want to help you do that. Now, in conclusion, everyone must choose what they will be, what side of the quadrant and which corner of the quadrant. Will you be an employee? Will you be a self-employed, which is better than being an employee, but you're still making money actively. If you don't work, you don't make money. Are you going to be in the business side? Are you going to be an investor side? Where are you going to be? Now, again, it's, I'm not knocking employee or self-employed. Those are great. 
But if you want to make money without working, the business and investor side is where you want to be. That's where you have freedom. You have control of your life. You don't have to worry about bills anymore. You can do whatever you want. You're not dependent on other people. You're financially independent. You also have every dollar you invest is basically another employee working for you all the time. You can live where you want. You can do whatever you want. You can buy whatever you want and the income comes in every single day without you working. So which one are you gonna be in? And the beautiful thing about it is you can choose this for yourself. Whatever you're born at, you do not have to stay there. It's really a mindset shift. Now with technology, there's so many great ways to get yourself from the employee and self-employed side to the business and investor side of the cash flow quadrant. You want to get to the right side as fast as possible. You guys have been awesome. I really, I'm apologizing again for all the links, but hey, oh well, this is just the way it is. You guys are awesome. Thank you so much for being here with me. I really hope that you get out there and start investing, changing your life with real estate rental properties and you are able to live the dream life because you have money coming in without doing any, any work at all. All right, you guys terrific. I really, really appreciate you guys again. I'll see you next week. You take care. Peace out.